0: You're listening to Money and Meaning, unlikely allies building new markets for impact. With your hosts, Lindsay Smalling and Liz Maxwell. Check out our website, socialcapitalmarkets.net. Let's join the conversation. Welcome back to Money and Meaning. I'm Liz Maxwell, your host. Today's episode features a pair of unlikely allies across sectors, from a private financial services technology company and municipal city government. Joteka Eadie is the Vice President of Policy, Strategic Engagement, and Impact at LendUp, which is a financial services and financial literacy company that aims to provide anyone with a ladder to better financial health. Tashara Jones is the current treasurer of the City of St. Louis, And together, they've been partnering in some interesting ways that you'll hear about on this episode to support the new and emerging middle class across the U.S. A few reminders before we dive in. SOCAP 18 is just a few weeks away. If you want to join us October 23rd to 26th in San Francisco, it's not too late to get your ticket. You can use the code SOCAPPODCAST at checkout to save $250 off your SOCAP 18 ticket and before then we have a few SOCAP 365 events coming up across the country in Seattle and Philadelphia. Seattle is on September 26th and will be a great conversation around investing in climate drawdown and Philadelphia is coming up on October 10th and will be a conversation around investing to end poverty. You can always see the latest events and ticket sales through our website, socialcapitalmarkets.net, and sign up to get our newsletter. We always send out the latest and special ticket sales and promotions through that channel. Let's dive into the conversation. Hi, Joteka and Tashara. Welcome to the SoCap podcast.
1: Hi, we're glad to be here. Yes, thank you for having us.
0: Great. Thanks. So let's dive right into it. Let's start with Jateka. Will you please tell us a little bit about LendUp? Tell us what problem you're trying to solve and how it leads your work to intersect with Tashara.
2: Absolutely. Well, LendUp, we are a very fast growing financial services company that is focused on bringing and building financial services for the emerging middle class, which is essentially half of America. And it's essentially those Americans that many banks have turned their backs on or never figured out how to serve well. We offer a multitude of products, including credit cards and personal loans. And we also embed financial education in our products because our mission and goal as a company is to create a pathway for anyone to to build their financial health. And so we do that by using technology and behavioral economics to provide just a wider access to safe, transparent credit and credit that is an alternative to really what has been very crappy options for for this large sector of the nation. But also in addition to providing access to safe credit, ensuring that our customers have an opportunity to build their credit and to increase their financial health as a result of their experience, and just being a customer of Linda.
0: And maybe, Jutega, you could also tell us a little bit of the journey of Linda, the sort of origin story, how long has the company been around, and yeah, some of the initiatives that you're working on and maybe that intersects with some of how you came to work with Tashara.
2: Yeah, so this is actually our Founders Week at Linda. Congratulations. Yes, we're very excited. So we're celebrating the founding of the company and we are six years old and the origins of the company, I think, is actually a part of the inspiration and really is embedded in who we are as a company and our worldview. Our co-founders, Sasha Orloff and Jake Rosenberg, are are actually step brothers. And Sasha spent much of his his life in nonprofit, spent a lot of time also in financial services as well. And he was inspired through uh, his work in Honduras, uh, working with Grameen International and really looking at the model that was set forth by Muhammad Yunus and, and the work and the power of holistic approach to financial services and lending. And then he came back to the U.S. working in financial services and really saw that the greater financial sector was not meeting the needs of most of the people in our country and said to himself, we have to disrupt the system, particularly these predatory products that are being pushed into far too many communities. And so he reached out to his brother, Jake, who at the time, Jake had been in Silicon Valley and very well respected engineer and technologist. He was 80th employee at Yahoo, chief technology officer at Zynga. And they came together um, to bring both a passion for financial health and financial services with technology. And that was really the story about how Linda was created. And years later, and along the way, they've inspired and, and our team has grown. And, and we have just a, a great team representing some of the best engineers and technologists, former regulators, uh, people who come from nonprofit and financial services, all coming together really to solve this problem of how do we use technology and how can we use behavioral economics to increase the financial health of a very important and large segment of our nation and do so in a way that provides credit, but also bring a double bottom line in terms of social impact. Uh, to a very important sector.
0: That's fantastic. There's so much that I want to dig into here, particularly what you said of the demographics that you serve and the emerging middle class, as well as just the financial literacy component that I know that LendUp does so much with around financial education, along with Health. So that's so exciting. But let's flip to Tashara for a little bit. Tashara, can you tell us some of the work that you're doing right now that what you're really engaged with and passionate about what you see from your perspective as treasurer of the city of St. Louis, what you're working on and how you came to intersect with the LendUp community?
1: Well, great. And thanks again for having me here today. I've been treasurer of the city of St. Louis for almost six years now. I'm in my second term. And when I took over this office or when I was elected to this office in late 2012, uh, one of the things that I noticed that was particularly troubling to me was a third of African-Americans in St. Louis were either unbanked or underbanked. And I wanted to use the power of the treasurer's office to leverage relationships with the banking community to disrupt that or to solve that. Then also, I've noticed the racial wealth gap in that white Americans are worth $140,000 versus African-Americans are worth $11,000. And what can we do to close that? So I opened the Office of Financial Empowerment in 2015. And some of our programs have led to making a dent in those numbers and making sure that they improve. In our Office of Financial Empowerment, we have a partnership with Operation Hope. Uh, We have a full-time financial wellness counselor uh, that sort of handholds people and takes them through increasing their credit scores because credit scores are also an issue. We have swaths of St. Louis where African-Americans live that their credit score is less than 600. And as we all know, you cannot get through life with a low credit score. It's going to determine everything you do, where you work, how much you pay for everything. And then also uh, we have the College Kids Children's Savings Account Program because we want to make sure that we're making an investment in our children because if we don't invest in them in them now, we're going to pay for them later. And so the college kids program gives a $50 college savings account to every kindergartner entering a public school in the city of St. Louis. And we raise money privately for incentives such as match savings, attendance incentives, as well as uh, financial education incentives. So far, we have over 10,000 public school children saving for college in the city of St. Louis, and we're on tap to enroll another 3,800 coming up this fall. And we started this program because studies show that children with less than $500 saved are three times more likely to go to college and four times more likely to complete college than children with no savings. And as we all know, uh, two-thirds of jobs in the future are going to require some sort of post-secondary education. And this is a way to give children a good start in saving for college as well as asset building.
0: Yeah, I remember being so shocked reading those numbers and again, hearing you say it just now that $500 in savings, just to speak to the amount that it costs to actually go to college and complete a secondary education at any level, it will take way more than $500. So that's such amazing statistics that just at that level of savings, it really carves the pathway for a successful, financially healthy future. Exactly. So Tashara, can you speak a little bit more of starting these programs in the city of St. Louis? Just I know a lot of our listeners are across the U.S. and globally and curious if there was any inspiration for this model from other places or have you seen anyone else? start prototyping similar things and also how it was received amongst your colleagues and within the city of St. Louis. Have you experienced some pushback with it or are people
1: ready and excited to try new things? Just how's it been going there? One of the things I've learned about government is that they don't like anything new. Uh, and unfortunately, I have received some pushback, but in my opinion, this is too critical of an issue to not pay attention to or just sweep under the rug. I have been ready for the fight, and it seems like every year there's something new since I've started these programs, you know, some sort of new attack, but the thing that I keep bringing up is, again, if we don't invest in these children or invest in our people now, Uh, We're going to pay for them later. And what better way to send a child to school, you know, to start off their kindergarten career or their school career Mm -hmm. than by saying, hey, we expect greatness out of you. So we're going to invest in you now. And a lot of the programs that I've started in St. Louis, I've uh, copied from around the country Mm -hmm. because I don't believe in, in reinventing the wheel. You know, there are cities all across the country that have programs like this that are working excellently. And so I tried to, uh, you know, take those programs, interview the people who run them and tweak them for our environment and let them roll. The college kids program is very similar to kindergarten for college, which was started by uh, Jose Cisneros. We also have a bank on uh, chapter here in St. Louis and we call it bank on save up. In the Office of Financial Empowerment, I got the legislate, the bill uh, directly from the city of Chicago, um, who's then treasurer with Stephanie Neely, um, who also has made some strides in financial empowerment in the city of Chicago. So there's no need to reinvent the wheel um, when programs are already existing that are working. You just have to bring them to your environment and tweak them and let them roll. That's excellent.
0: And sounds like a great lead in back to, to take a Well, I'm curious for both of you, is the college kids program specifically a, the partnership that or a partnership that LendUp is engaged on? And Jatayga, can you speak a little bit more of just the story of how a partnership between you two came about and other communities that you work in?
2: Yeah, so Tashara and I, we met through the New York State Assembly member, Michael Blake. And Tashara was on fire about financial empowerment and, and financial health. And I immediately knew that this was an elected official that it would be important to build a relationship with and continue to work with. I think when you look at Silicon Valley uh, and you think about government, there's, it's not natural that you think that a technology company and a government entity is thinking the partner. Uh, but what's awesome about Tashara and so many others like her that are beginning to see the power of technology and the power of partnership and what it can yield to their constituents and to the customers that we at Lindup serve, that it's powerful. There's no silver bullet. And at Linda, we've been very successful in in our impact to date. Uh, We've provided hundreds of thousands of credit cards, nearly 5 million loans totaling over 1.5 billion. And we've offered more than 2 million education classes. And we've been able to save our customers $200 million in fees and interest and help increase credit score points by over 600,000 points. But what we realize is that there's so much more that we can do and so much more impact that we can make through partnership. And so we sought to partner with Tashara, particularly in this program. Um, and it came out of a, a previous partnership, Finance Forward, in which we, along with Mayor Steve Benjamin, the mayor of Oakland and other elected officials in partnership with the Aspen Institute, sought to really create a national conversation around income volatility. What we knew as part of the research and insights that we continually do at Lindup, was that a majority of our customers shared with us that they dealt with income volatility, a swing in their income on a monthly basis. Uh, Some of our customers reported as much as $200 a month in those swings, others around $100 in those swings. And we knew that partnering with elected officials, other employers and financial services and research institutions How can we actually bring this conversation across the country in addition to actually driving action? And as a result of that national conversation and call for action, Linda up and, and the treasurer's office, we said, what can we actually do together? And what we determined is that we have this suite of financial education courses that we can partner with the parents of these children in this program to provide them with education courses, and then they're incentivized with $5 contribution into their children's account for every course that they take, up to $65. And as a result, there's up to $65 going into that child's savings account, which goes towards that very important statistic that Tachara laid out earlier in the podcast, in addition to increasing the financial knowledge of the parents so that the parents can begin to make better financial decisions So it becomes a win-win. It's a win for the child. It's a win for the parent. And it's a win for the overall community in St. Louis because you have more empowered and knowledgeable individuals that we hope can make better financial decisions and also put their children on the pathway to college. You're listening to Money & Meaning. I'm Lindsay Smalling. And you can find out more about SOCAP 18 and SOCAP 365 At www.socialcapitalmarkets.net.
0: This is exactly the unlikely allies piece that we're hoping to bring out through interviews with this podcast. So thanks for speaking so beautifully to the technology company and the government entity. I just love what you just said about that. And it's funny, I think of you all as so much more than a technology company as well and an education company and financial services. But yeah, that unusual partnerships with the public sector, or with government directly. Just Tashara, anything to add on that real unlikely allies piece in terms of what makes it work or what kind of things about it are really valuable just in terms of other cities being able to model and prototype similar things? I know you're saying you've learned a lot from other cities and surely other cities will learn from you what you're doing now. Any tips or advice in getting into this?
1: I mean, I think that this is the beginning of of looking at partnerships in other areas as well, because uh, people are going to realize that governments can't do it on their own and neither can corporations um, and neither can philanthropy. It's going to take all three of us working together to try to solve some of our uh, most pressing issues. And financial stability, obviously, is one of the most pressing issues that you know leads to poverty and then that leads to crime. The downstream effects of just one simple partnership, I think, are limitless. And so we'll see other governments looking at, you know, what other partnerships can we form and in what different areas to solve problems? Um, Because we, you know, again, we cannot just simply sit here with our heads in the sand and say that we have everything that we need to solve these problems. We don't. There are a lot of times when private industry or philanthropy has worked on these same issues and they're just looking for partners to try to make sure that we can test interventions on people to make sure that they're working.
0: I think one piece that I'd love to hear both of your thoughts on, but knowing that this is the SoCap podcast and that we have a lot of impact investors and the financial community that is our audience base, and we call these episodes not just Unlikely Allies, but Unlikely Allies Building Markets for Impact. So I don't know if either of you have anything to add there. You've already shared some on it, on just the importance of bringing people into the economy and building a more inclusive economy in this way and the long-term effects of college-saving programs and education. But is there anything else that you would say about the market in particular and um, sort of the impact marketplace and how that community could get more involved with your work?
2: Overall, when we look at the emerging middle class, it's not just a small group. It's it's half of our country. And it's, it's so important that there is even more investments and even more focus on this very important large sector of our nation and i think the more that we can partner the more that we can focus and the greater impact that we can drive it's got to have a positive return on investment because it's such a large part of our nation And it's a very important aspect of our nation, particularly when you think about the financial services and how do we build a more inclusive economy. So I think that it's the work of leaders like Tashara Jones and what she said earlier is that there's no silver bullet and it's going to take all of us. So it's going to take philanthropy. It's going to take uh, the technology sector, financial services, the integration of technology and financial services and fintech, and government. And nonprofit all coming together to really solve this this deep problem, and, and it is a problem that it is growing, and it's not one in which we're seeing smaller and smaller numbers of people impacted, but we're seeing more and more numbers of people impacted, and particularly as we're seeing you know the economy and the workforce change, uh, and we've really moved from a society in which people had careers to jobs, and now tasks. Um, and that's having a great impact on our economy and a great impact on a very large segment of our nation. And the more that we can bring innovative technology and partnership to focus on solving these problems, I believe that we can actually see real results, uh, which in, in return is a real positive return on the investments that we can make in these communities.
0: So these unusual partnerships and I just think of the pace in industries, Tashara, you mentioned it earlier, of government is slow and can be resistant to change. And technology, Silicon Valley industry, I just think of its lightning speed and the innovations and industry shifts just all happening so fast. So wondering if either of you want to say something about, yeah, just challenges or obstacles that in this type of collaboration specifically, Tashari, you already spoke some about obstacles within the other folks are bringing on board and the way to power forth anyway, regardless, but yeah, curious to get into those kind of innate tensions in the partnership and anything that may have come up there already, or just the story of how you're moving through and, and please tell us a little about the timeline and
1: where, where we're at with this project. So I think our attorneys are the people who pay attention to the details and Joe Take and I are like the ten thousand foot view people and we're like, Yeah, let's just get And our compliance people are like, wait a minute, (laughs) the devil's in the details. But I think with, you know, working with this particular office and and the treasurer of St. Louis is a little unique in that I have a a good amount of autonomy over how or the direction of this office and where it goes and how we respond to uh, new opportunities and new partnerships like this one. Um, and and we've been able to uh, put this together, I-, I would say, in a record amount of time when you think of government partnerships and how they're formed, and then from the idea to the actual launch. Because we just started talking about this maybe the end of last year, and we're at liftoff. And even when I started the Children's Savings Program, it was about a year from idea to uh, inception. But then again, you know, I'm a little unique in this space in that I just like to say, hey, this is what we're going to do and this is how we're going to do it. Uh, And I have the latitude and the authority to do that. Whereas, you know, in some cities, it may take a little longer because you have to wait for a legislative session or a session with the council or approval from the council. I had already gotten approval from our local city council to start financial empowerment programs. So this is under that suite of financial empowerment programs.
2: I'll just add in. What has been, and this certainly has not been a point of friction, but this is actually, I think, in many ways countered what could have been potential friction, is really having a relationship and an understanding and a desire to partner on the side of the city of St. Louis, particularly Treasurer Jones's office. And having that relationship made it very easy because we both were coming both Linda up in the city of St. Louis, we had a shared values and shared mission, and we wanted to figure out how to make this happen. And so we approached it with, how can we make this happen? And we started there, and starting there, in many ways, eliminated a lot of the friction. I think when you look at what could be potential frictions when a technology company and government, of course, time, uh, and, and government does take a lot of time and moves a lot slower than a technology company moves and they have their reasons for that particularly coming from a nonprofit a civil rights institution into silicon valley i quickly learned that silicon valley moves like lightning speed much faster than a nonprofit entity or government entity but really when there is a desire to to figure out how to make it happen it can move much faster i think overall though there is still a great need for just more understanding relationship building for both the government sector and the technology sector to better understand each other. And I think the more we can do that, the more we'll begin to see innovative partnerships and partnerships that can happen at a much faster speed.
0: You're listening to Money and Meaning. You can find out more about SOCAP at our website, socialcapitalmarkets.net with a list of our upcoming events, including our annual conference at the Fort Mason Center in San Francisco, October 23rd to 26th, 2018. I was wondering if there's a story to share about this work or kind of example of it. Just I know this product hasn't exactly launched yet, so it's sort of in the limbo phase with it. But anything you want to add and or any stories about the work? We could probably
2: share a bit about What led to this particular project and partnership around the education um, and the College Kids Savings Program was Finance Forward. And we launched Finance Forward in partnership with the Aspen Institute and a number of mayors and elected officials, including Tashara. And as a result, we held convenings and forums around the country in which we held one in St. Louis. And Tashara was uh, hosted that. We had more than 100 participants From the greater community, participate in a forum to discuss income volatility, Um, and then the very next day we held a roundtable meeting in which Tashara hosted with financial services, nonprofits, labor unions, faith leaders, financial service providers in the city. And as a result, there was a call to action, and Tashara was very clear that this is not a meeting just to discuss, but this is a meeting for us to come out with an actual plan of action to really impact lives. And as a result, there was a local nonprofit that has real national reach to Justine Peterson program and organization that's locally based in St. Louis. And uh, after the convening, uh, they came back and they shared, you know, we had this conversation about what we can do reaching out to the greater community, but we also realized it was really important for us to focus in on our employees as well. And so they launched an internal program focused on the financial health of their employees and a goal around ensuring that all of their employees have a 700 credit score. And so that's just a, an, an example of of how this work is really inspiring real action. And there was this other exciting work that came out with the treasurer's office. And, and and as it relates to adding a new program that would allow for someone to take a financial education course, once you take that financial education course, you can then qualify for some relief as it relates to, uh, you know, issues with parking and or parking services in the city. So I think those are just real examples of how these conversations can lead to real impact that really touches, you know, people's lives every single day. And just sort of not this big philosophical policy conversation that's happening, but how does it really translate into something real?
1: Yeah, right. And to piggyback on what Joe Tekka said, our school superintendent was there as well and what he did was he scheduled a financial empowerment day with all of his staff and teachers, um, which the Office of Financial Empowerment and a few of our banking partners uh, participated in. Because oftentimes, you know, you can't just assume that just because someone's making a decent salary that they understand what to do with the money that they spend. And also as a result of that, we, um, we are taking a, uh, a new focus into workplace financial wellness and as we talk to other employers, as we encounter other employers, uh, we talk to them about how we can help them with their employees workplace financial wellness. So that has been a new product in our suite of financial empowerment products and offerings. And so we're excited to, to be able to take that from our convening with Finance Forward. It sounds like another fantastic partnership opportunity
0: as well. Just <laughs> calls to action, takeaways. How can people stay engaged and follow along with the work and connect with you all?
2: Well, we at Lindup certainly recognize that we cannot do this alone. And partnership is pivotal and very important and key to our collective success. So we would love to work with anyone who would love to partner. So you can contact us at socialimpact Can contact me directly, Joteka at lindup.com. I'm also on Twitter at Joteka. That's J-O-T-A-K-A. I have a very unique name. Uh, So yeah. (laughs) Uh, but we would love to partner because we know that partnership is pivotal and that there is real power in our ability to work with partners, whether you're providing a service that we could share with our customers or government entity that would love to. Uh, have a partnership like the one we have with the city of St. Louis or a research institution that would love to partner with us on research. We want to partner and we welcome um, any partnership opportunities.
1: Take is not the only one with a funny name. Um, They can follow me uh, at T-I-S-H-A-U-R-A on Twitter, Instagram, uh, and Facebook. And then also we have a website for the Office of Financial Empowerment. That's S-T-L-O-F-E. .org. Excellent. Well, thank you both so much for your time and really
0: appreciate you both taking the time to join us at Money and Meaning. Thanks again for listening to Money and Meaning. We really appreciate your listening and a reminder you can give us feedback at any time on our website socialcapitalmarkets.net slash money and meaning. And that's the homepage for this podcast. And you can leave us a little voicemail there, comments, questions, thoughts, feedback, and there's email address on there as well. If you want to just send a little note over, we'd love to hear from you and hope to see you at SOCAP 18 or at one of our SOCAP 365 events soon. See you out there.
1: You've been listening
0: to Money and Meaning, unlikely allies building new markets for impact with your hosts, Lindsay Smalling and Liz Maxwell. You can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are heard. To learn more about what you've heard, check out our website, socialcapitalmarkets.net. You can also follow us at SoCap Markets on Twitter and Instagram.